Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Hello, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine and radio show for mature adults in northwest Louisiana. I thank you for listening to our show today and also thanking those who might be listening live via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Radio Pup or the Keel application on their Apple and Android devices. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn how to focus on ways to inspire retirees to keep moving, keep doing, and just keep living. So stay tuned to the show for some very interesting and beneficial information for you and your loved ones. Be sure to pick up the current issue of the best of times at one of our 270 distribution locations. We thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a printed copy at one of our 270 distribution locations, you can always visit our popular website at www.bebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine, as well as to view and download the current 2020 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. In addition, you can listen to previously broadcast radio shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AERP Louisiana and A-Bears, tenant country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas, and I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show as a special guest is Miss Heidi Herman, who is the author of a very inspiring and both educational book that's called On with the butter, spread more living onto your everyday life. So thank you for joining us today, Heidi, on our radio show here, the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thank you so much, Gary. It's great to be here today. Well, I want to tell my listeners, um, I, uh, I I get a lot of publicists that send me books to read, uh, Heidi, quite a few, um, and I found your book quite fascinating. I've actually read it twice. And I think I'm telling my listeners it's going to it's available on Amazon. It's going to be available on my website to to, to link into whatever. And um, so I hope everybody will consider getting this as a gift for their loved one. Definitely the the seniors and boomers in the area. Um, I I will put her on um, I'll put her on the spot here. I thought your outline of this book, and I, I think you've written other books that uh, yeah. it's pretty amazing how you formatted this. It's a very easy read, but it's, it has so much valuable information. Every chapter has, so, has a takeaway, and, and it makes you think and also 
and it, it, it's going to help you to to spread more of your living into everyday life and from from learning to be a yes person to be a positive person and uh, keep learning and and give some time and I love the the chapter of being a hometown tourist <laughs> that that was a great <laughs> one but a lot of people don't think about that but so uh, so let's let's get into it first of all you talk a lot about your mom in the book so was she an inspiration to you I do yes I I had an amazing mother. Um, she was Icelandic. She met my father during World War II. They got married, came to the United States, and she was an entrepreneur. She was a mother to 10 children, and wow. she was a life adventurer. Uh, I learned everything about uh, zest, zeal, and uh, inspiration from her, definitely. Wow. So what led you to write this book? What was the... Well, Mom loved just embracing life and really taught that to me. And I grew up thinking that was kind of a normal way. It's just whatever there is to do, do that thing and take the side road. And if you see a flyer of some event, stop and, and take a look at it. And I just thought everybody lived like that. And through the years, I discovered that not everybody approaches life in that way. No, and they do it not. Became, right. <laughs> it, it became so much more clear when mom was in her 90s, and especially after she had a stroke, and people really started to pay attention to say, my goodness, Ida, her name, uh, Ida, you are 92, you're 93, you're still doing this stuff. And so she really inspired so many people. I wanted to share what I had learned about how to do this. And that's really where the book came from, was just my insights on watching how she embraced life and how I learned to do it and what I thought I might be able to share with others on how they could be like that, too. Well, that, that's a, a positive thought about a parent or a grandparent or a loved one that, that inspires you. I mean, you're, you're talking about some similar things that my mother, you know, passed away in, at 96, but was quite active up to one month before she passed. And she and she when I'm reading your book, I'm looking at some of the things that, that she she's um, of ethnicity. I'm of, I'm of Greek Hellenic ethnicity. So I'm both my mm-hmm. both my parents as well as my mom and dad. And many of my relatives, and I, I see a lot of that in there. A lot, a lot of the, the uh, European, a lot of the positive aspects of life, and moving on, and not making a lot of complaints. So, so this, so your book is very, again, it's fascinating. And I like. Uh, let, let's let's talk about some of the. Well, tell we we talked about your 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 mother was from Iceland, so that's your connection there, right? But I'm sure you've gone back a few times. Oh yeah, I've been back uh, nine times, I think. Now, awesome. yeah, awesome. And a lot of people don't know a lot about Iceland, though. I will tell you that. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's it's a it's a very small country that we don't think too much about uh, when it's not on the radar, right? Exactly. Yes, it's it's kind of out there. It's uh, unique, and it is surprising, though. Everybody knows somebody who's been there. <laughs> wants to go there, or it's on their bucket list. Another bucket list because I think in the, over the past few years, my good friends of mine have been. I've never been. We wanted to go on cruises in that area, and the, and the cruise ships do stop in uh, in in uh, 
different areas of Iceland and give them an opportunity to, to spend a day or sometimes more than one day in, in that country. Mm-hmm. So that's fascinating yeah. there. So why is the idea of vitality and aging so important to you? It, that is, that's an interesting question. It is, it is really something that I have observed people being so inspired by my mother. And as I go through life and when I passed my forties and my fifties and, and I look at some of my friends who have been afraid to retire and afraid to get old because the, we buy into that concept of over the hill and the good years are behind us. And, you know, um, we think in our 20s and 30s, oh, the best is yet to come. And we don't think necessarily that in our 50s and 60s and 70s. But it's true. Everything that you have not done yet is still in front of you. And everything that you've done and enjoyed is a repeat opportunity. So, there's never a time when we should have it in our mind that vitality and enjoying life is behind us. Very true. And, and one of your chapters, I believe it's one of the first chapters, is called The Challenging, uh, The Practice of Saying Yes. I mean, if you just think about that one, so many people are, that look gloomy and are aging beyond belief are the no persons or the negative persons that are saying, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to try that. I don't want to try this particular aspect. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, uh, to do something out of the ordinary, right? Exactly. And we close ourselves off to so many opportunities. And whether it has to do with aging or just in today's odd world of COVID and social distancing, it's so easy to say, I can't because of this, you know, whether it's a a physical limitation we have or um, social distancing, you know, whatever you you just instead of saying I can't because if we can just train our brain to say I can do it this way, you know, you can still do so many things and engage in life just differently. And whether it's because of COVID or whether because, you know, the knees or the hips or the back aren't quite what they used to be. (laughs) Good point. With accommodation. You know, you might want to enjoy, which my mother did. Take this one. Uh, People said, why is your mother, her name is Pyra Caligas, why does Pyra, she's in her 90s, why does she lift weights? She she would lift five pounds weights like three times Mm -hmm. a day. And she would be in her wheelchair and people would like like get on to her i says she enjoys it and i think it's helping her she really she had a routine in physical therapy and she continued lifting weights and people ridiculed her at first but she didn't care she says if i can keep doing it i'm going to do it for one pound weights until i die and so she would mm-hmm. that was like a regiment they which with accommodation but it added to her vitality i i know it did and other things that she she did but that was one little small thing that some of her seniors younger than her would criticize her. Oh, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to do this or that. Why do that? And, and plus, she said she enjoyed it, and really, she did. Um, the, well, I think that is fantastic. And as long as the doctor isn't saying it's a bad thing, oh. I tell you what, my mom would do planks 
<laughs> every day. Wow. And at 93 years old, she that's... could hold a plank for two minutes. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. But you, but you're right about... Uh, uh, about the aging, and, and we, we're going to inspire you today because her book gives you some ideas about what we're talking about. The yes, every chapter has a a, a, a checklist, uh, I would call it, right? And a checklist yes. of things to do. She didn't. She's not. Heidi's not going to say do all of them, but if, if you do three or four of them, boy, you've you've met that particular goal, and you can consider doing other ones. I mean, some you're not going to like, some you can do, some you might not want to, but there are a lot of possibilities in here, and some of them go extensively for pages and pages. But uh, I'm, I'm saying the the one I thought was was fascinating in here is, you know, do something out of the ordinary. I mean, she she just mentioned Heidi mentioned that. If you see about an event, I hear more people, oh, I'm too old to go that. Oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to learn anything new. I mean, it inspires you. You get to meet people. You get to interact. It just, it, it's, You just don't want to watch TV and let people dialogue to you all the time, right? Even in this COVID exactly. time. Exactly. Even in this COVID situation time. The, the other aspect, I think, so what is, in your opinion, that uh, people – get inactive as they grow older? Do, do they just give up or do they just feel that, well, now that I'm 65, I'm going to go home and watch TV and, and eat on the couch and not even get up once or twice a day, maybe to use the restroom, right? Do you hear that? Exactly, yeah. And there, there are so many things that can, where we get into our own minds sometimes or we listen to what others tell us and it's, it's difficult to get past that sometime. And I recall once my mom and I had a conversation about how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were? <laughs> so if you didn't know when you were born and you didn't have that preconceived idea of, oh, well, somebody who's, you know, 80 years old shouldn't be going ziplining. <laughs> you can't do that. You know, but... My mom did. At 90 years old, awesome. she ziplined the Mall of America. Awesome. <laughs> we, we have to get beyond that. And I think that's part of what comes from that, that fear and that difficulty getting past the paradigm of retirement is there's so much connected with our career and who we are in midlife as far as I'm an office manager, or I'm a doctor, or I'm a truck driver, or I'm a school teacher. That career path ties into our identity so much that when we go into retirement, it's difficult to say, oh, yes, I used to drive trucks full-time, and now I love going to art museums, or I love painting pottery, or kind of getting into activities and ideas that we never even thought remotely connected with what was acceptable in our life. And that's really where it all comes from, I think. That that is true. The the other thing I think you you touched throughout throughout your book, by the way, I'm going to mention her book. Her book is called On With the Butter. And tell tell our listeners about, about the title. The, the title comes from an Icelandic expression. Uh, one of my mother's favorite expressions in English was, just keep moving. 
That, that was her <laughs> mantra. And in Icelandic, there's an expression that is afram medsmorðið, and it literally means on with the butter. And it's a it's a expression to encourage keep moving, keep going. Uh, keep churning that butter, path. right? Is that what it means? Yeah. Keep churning the butter to make so it, it butter. It's the perfect connection, exactly. So just keep it going, forge ahead, and keep moving. Yeah. Uh, fascinating to have you again on my on my show to do uh, discuss your book, On With the Butter, Spread More Living Onto Everyday Life. One of your, well, you talk about it throughout the book is having a purpose in life. That's important. And why is that important? Yes, I think each one of us, we have to have purpose in life in order to, to plan, to wake up every day and look forward to what's next. And I think it's just sort of a, a basic human need, you know, to have purposefulness in life. And Well, haven't you seen people that, you that, that, that give you the negative feeling? I, I meet with thousands and thousands of people yearly. Um, even though now I'm 70, I probably, I, when I started this, I was 50, and they called me the, the young person. Now they call mm-hmm. me, I'm part of the gang. Uh, but again, I just like, you know, I don't, I don't feel like 70. I feel like I'm in the 40s. And my wife worries about me sometimes. I try too many things that I shouldn't. And I luckily hadn't hurt myself, but I do try <laughs> things. Uh, uh, then I, my sons and daughter does think I'm stupid sometimes. But hey, what, what, why not? We've got to live. We've got to enjoy it. I, got, I, don't, I don't say no to a lot of things, Heidi. And they're, they're like, why, Dad? You need to slow down. And, uh, I don't. I don't. So going, go, going back to that idea there, I, I have so many people said, well, you know, I don't know what I've contributed to my family, what I've contributed to the world, what I've contributed. They're, they're like, and I tell them, you've been a successful, I, one lady, she was a successful nurse. I knew her being in a nursing, mm-hmm. taking care of people. You cared for people. You you brought them back to a more positive, independent life. But you you telling me that you had no purpose? You did have purpose. You still have purpose. You're, you're still caring for your family members, your kids, your grandkids. But she was so negative that she didn't have the big purpose in life that, that, that can be put on a billboard. I'd, I'd be, probably that's the, the scenario I'm looking at there. But have you mm-hmm. seen people like that that don't feel like they've done anything? There, there definitely are many that I have met like that. And I think when, when someone approaches me with that question, I've given it a lot of thought. And I think sometimes in retirement, we have to kind of give ourselves a break because not everyone is going to change the world, <laughs> but everyone changes the life of at least someone. And whether you have something small that you do or something big that you do, your life matters. But going one step beyond that, when we look at purposefulness and what's ahead of us tomorrow, it really doesn't have to be changing the world. It it just has to be a purpose that brings you joy. If you decide to get an RV and go travel and see every state park or every national uh, preserve in the United States and you have the joy of communing with nature and seeing wonderful things, that is enough. That is purpose for your life. 
your life does not necessarily have to have purpose and impact on other people. The, the uh, Definitely true. One of my favorite, we're going to ask you your favorite chapter, but I'll tell you mine. One of my favorite chapters is because I've been promoting this for the past five years, and it's it's catching root. I'm, I'm patting myself on the back. Is I'm trying to get more families and more seniors and boomers primarily to celebrate family and their heritage by writing down their stories to pass it down from generation to generation. I had a gentleman today that comes up to me and says, Gary, I hear your lecture and I hear you on the radio talking about that, but I don't have any stories to tell my grandkids or my kids' legacy. I says, you're absolutely wrong. I know you have stories. So I started quizzing him a few things. He says, well, that yeah, that was good. I, sh- I should write that one down for him. There, there's always <laughs> a story to tell and a family history to parlay. Don't, and, and this guy th- assumes his family knows all this stuff. And I says, have you told them? No. So that means nobody knows if you've ever told them. You're telling me today, but you haven't told them that story. So that was a, a good example. So her chapter on family heritage, you know, save the memories for the next generation. That's what I told them. If you don't write them down now, they're not going to pull them out of the pull them out of the uh, out of the grave, and it's they're going to be lost forever. And there are many remarkable stories of people throughout the world that we've lost. Right. Oh, absolutely. Whether whether they're stories of things that they've been through, experiences they've had, funny moments. But how many of us also wish we had grandma's special cookie recipe or wish we had that secret of how grandpa was always able to, you know, fix the bicycles or his woodworking that was just amazing. Everybody has these these amazing parents and grandparents and the skills and the family traditions that I think sometimes we're losing passing those down. And some of it you alluded to, you know, the the immigration and our connections with uh, our countries of origin several generations back. Some of those things we've lost in the process of becoming Americans, and we don't hold on to those old country traditions as much and it would just be so wonderful to bring some of those back now and then, you know? Well, and those stories, as you said, inspire our grandkids and our kids and, and probably our, you know, other ancestors down the line. If they don't know those stories and don't know those that heritage, I mean, you know, you're, you're right. I'm a proud to be American. My father came over here from the old country and, and thought America was the wonder. He did would do anything. He served in the Army. He did everything he could. He paid his, He told me. He didn't mind paying taxes because he thought that was the good of the good of our country to pay any tax uh, that needed to be paid to to help mm-hmm. our America and and to spread that freedom. He, he came from oppressed countries in in Greece and Romania and and Russia and, and learned all about communism and socialism, et cetera, and and spread the negatives about those and to to people all over the country that he he met with and and so. He's been there, done that. He said he didn't want that to happen in, in America. But but going back to the heritage, yes, I think it's important for our kids and grandchildren. That's why I keep emphasizing to my, my listeners and radio readers that you need to write the stories down. It doesn't have to be a, a novel written for television, but at least tell them a, a bit of stories about your heritage and why and, and the recipes and the and the, the, the idioms. And, and I told one person, he just retired, and I said, you know, what are you doing? He says, nothing. You have a hobby? Eh, a little gardening. And I said, 
why don't you write your stories down? You told me you were going to do that before you retired, but you didn't have time because you were full-time working. Now you've got plenty of time. And so he agreed. He said, you know, that's not a bad, bad idea. I can, I can spend an hour or so a day writing down some of these stories and doing some research on Ancestry and all these you know websites that you can analyze now, which you can really find a lot of cool stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, again, that that was my favorite chapter. So what's your favorite chapter? Oh, I honestly, I had so much fun with all of those. And I want to add a little piece to what you're saying. I completely support the idea of writing down these stories and and preserving them for the next generation. But I know there are a lot of people out there who are just not comfortable writing. Whether it's the physical process of writing or they don't uh, feel like they have the skill with today's technology, you can do videos on your phone. You can use uh, voice-to-text technology. There are so many different ways that you can record those stories down, even without having to physically write them. So call on those grandkids to help you if you need help. You're, you're <laughs> right right about that. Even yours truly has done that. He's done that. Even though he writes, he does record and video uh, some of the segments and puts them on a hard drive so the the grandkids or the kids can can access them. So yes, it's very simple. Now I've told a lot of people and I've visited assisted living and I say tell them as well. You know, why don't you make it easier for these people to write down their life stories by like you know let them videotape it on a on an iPhone or iPad and a lot of them are doing that. A lot of people, you're mm-hmm. right, they're using technology, but a lot of people don't use the paper and the pen. Uh, but, you know, back in the old days when you had to do that, uh, which I started with my parents and, and my grandparents, luckily I interviewed them. Not extensively. I wish I had asked more questions than the questions I, I gleaned and wrote down many, many years ago. I mean, that was a long time ago. But luckily I saved <laughs> them. And my kids are fascinating that I saved all these stories from the past. Um, oh, that's, that's wonderful. So, uh, But, yes, to, to answer your question, my I think my favorite chapter is uh, Walk on the Wild Side. Oh. Um, because yeah. it's all about challenging your comfort zone. And to me, it's, it really helps people get past that, that predefined mindset of who they are as an individual and who they've been in their working life, in their adult life, and just kind of like shake things up. Um, think about some things that you've never done before um, and just what seems a little bit out of character and what would be kind of challenging to help you grow as a person and experience some new new avenues of activity. Yeah, like I think one of your suggestions was why don't you try going to a ballet, an opera, or some other thing that you've hated before you hated it for probably unknown reasons well try it you might like it right that's the exactly. wild side try that's... it try it <laughs> there, there are so many people who start out with the preconceived idea oh i don't want to go to the ballet no, no. i would hate that and no. it's not because they've ever experienced it they just have the preconceived idea that they would hate it <laughs> That is that is true. The other the other thing, I mean, learning a foreign language. I said, "Wow!" I had one lady said, "Well, why should I learn a foreign language? I'm 84." 
I said, would that be a challenge and learn a foreign language enough to be able to go visit that country and, and say a few words and dialogue with the people? I mean, would that be fascinating? And she said, you know, that might not be a bad idea. I can, you know, I've always wanted to learn Italian, but I've never have. And I think I'm going to learn a little bit of Italian and go over there. But as I, as I told her, you know, uh, you can do that. I want you to do it, but you can also get apps that will help you in, in translating and going back and forth. Gary's done that uh, visiting various countries, including China. That they have the most remarkable Mandarin Chinese to English app I've ever seen in the whole entire world. It works. Too. Oh, that's wonderful. That's a complex. That, that's a complex that, language. Oh. I could never learn that one. But if you have the <laughs> app and it tells you and it speaks for you and it translates for you, it works real well. It works real well. So no, that, that See, that's that's wonderful. How you take things like technology and learning a new skill and how it can lead to travel and you know tasting new cuisine and food oh. and maybe starting. Um, correspondence with somebody from a foreign country. There are all kinds of activities that can be sparked and spawned from one little thing that you start. Uh, we talked about heavily uh, talking about Celebrate Family and Heritage is our chapter four. Take the scenic route. You might want you might want to comment about that one. I thought that's a, that's a cute chapter. Oh yes, uh, taking the scenic route. I, I think is probably one of my favorite things to do just in life. If I have the option of taking one route that's interstate or some two-lane state highway, I will always take <laughs> the smaller one. Um, but I think it it allows us the opportunity to come across strange and unusual things or just that slice of life that you wouldn't see from the interstate. That's exactly um, right. And, uh, you know, and... In, 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 I can remember, God, I'm an old person trying to mention this. I remember taking bus trips. And, you know, the bus route would never along the major highways. They wanted to go always. And you would see some beautiful scenery throughout the country, bus and train trips and so forth. So, I mean, uh, so I had one lady tell me, you mean to tell me, should I go take the bus? I said, I don't mean saying that, but you might want to try, a, try the Amtrak occasionally. Uh, I think they're back at, up and running even in this COVID time as well. Uh, another chapter is I... I, I, I emphasize to my listeners and readers, which uh, keep learning. I mean, and, and people say, well, I've learned enough. No, you haven't learned enough. You need to learn new things. As my father-in-law, I love him. Uh, when he was 84, he says, I told him to, to get a computer because he never had a computer and did, to do email and Skype to the old country. And he says, I'm too old for that. I says, you're never too old. And so we educated him a little bit and gave him some skills. He loved it. He says, why didn't you tell me about this at 70? <laughs> that was his sense. <laughs> he was 84. And he started, thought he was fascinated by it. He said, I could have done this all along at 70. Why did I have to wait 14 years? And I said, Father, it was there wasn't as proficient as it was 14 years ago. There was there. We were using it. But, it was, you know, this was about five years ago. That he passed, but uh, before that, he used Elijah it for about five or ten years. So it, it was, it was very inspiring. Here. And likewise, my mother, who never loved technology that much, we finally got into her use of iPads, and she thought it was fascinating <laughs> uh, that she could FaceTime and and do all that kind of things with the grandkids. And so it was cool. It was cool. So learning about things, learning about items that you are, especially cooking. I think more people in their retirement years. 
uh, tend to experiment on cooking. Have you seen that as well? Oh, absolutely. And I think any type of learning is good. Just the, the studies that have been done on the benefit of any type of learning, you know, preserving your problem-solving ability, and it lowers your risk of Alzheimer's and delays the onset of dementia, all kinds of benefits to it. And it can be simple as learning a new card game. You don't have to go back to school to learn something, but learning new recipes or doing things in the kitchen, taking a cooking class, uh, anything really can be learning as long as you're learning and adding. It's, it's fun. It adds a little entertainment to life, and it keeps your mind sharp. So, and, and likewise, totally learning a musical that. instrument, a piano, a playing. I've, I've seen people in their seventies and eighty pick up an instrument they've never picked up before, and they and they're, they're like fascinated. They're not playing, you know, Beethoven or Mozart, but they're they're playing uh, they're they're playing the piano and enjoying it and doing it every exactly. day. And it's like wow. Yes. And uh, I went to one lady, and she said, "Would you join me, Gary? I know that you play the piano. I'd love to do a duet with you." So we did a duet. She like she said, "This was the most inspiring thing that I've never taken up piano. Now I'm 82 years old. I'm playing the piano." And thus she was like in almost in tears. But she's she's getting really good, and she never picked up a musical instrument before, never. And now she just picked it up less than a year and, and doing real well and bought her own self a piano. So that was, she's home alone. So that was, the, and I think it's it's good for her. It's really good. As you said, it's good. It's good for her. Your book uh, is called A Guidebook to Activities in Life. So how do you hope people are going to use this book? I would, I would love for people to really read through this and, and get a few ideas. I don't expect somebody to... To look through, and I, I think we counted up. There's over 200 individual little ideas in here. I don't expect somebody to embrace all of them, but I would love for them to be the inspiration point that you could take off and and add your own direction to it, and add more activities to it, and just for it to be a way to inspire the thought process on. Oh, yeah, I can do that. I can go out and pursue this and add that hobby and and go out and explore this part of life that that's some great advice the the other aspect i think you talk about it but i i, I still think that people we're talking about a purposeful life and i've had guests on here to talk about that and it's it's sometimes mind-boggling some of my listeners and readers but I think one of the aspects that you talk about in your book could lead to that, to those negative people that say, I don't have a purpose. Well, if you give your time by volunteering and joining an organization, whether it's church, charity, or whatever, there you're going to have a purpose. You're going to share something to hopefully help one or more or thousands of people. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And there are so many different ways to give back, whether it's you know, working with a local school or library, reading to children or helping with Habitat with Humanity. Or if you really loved uh, business and working in your career, mentoring new small business owners and sharing some of your knowledge in that way. There are so many different ways. And, and I know me personally, I have benefited from the advice of ladies older than myself on how to bake a proper pie and how to get your bread to rise. <laughs> there have been so many questions I have 
where I can go to an expert in a field and I just gain so much knowledge. And all of that is so important just to keep us all going forward and, and moving. Well, I don't know about all communities in the United States, but I will tell you 20 years ago when we founded our magazine and radio show, we had the distinct uh, pleasure to hearing from some seniors and boomers telling us, Gary, you tell us to volunteer, but we don't know where to volunteer. So we said, hmm, we're going to contact almost every organization in any aspect in the area and gather everywhere you could possibly volunteer your services. Uh, and we've been updating that for 20 years, and it's our most popular uh, part of our publication that we print annually that, that all, the, all the organizations and agencies says, wow, this is like wonderful. New people come in town, they know who to call, and they contact, they come visit us. And so it's, it's, you know, that's one thing. When you move into a new city, if you don't know the, the contact or resources, it's difficult. And uh, especially we've had a, a, an influx of new people, out people going on. And that we found was one of our most – made us feel humble that we are, were connecting people quickly without losing their lo- loss of thought or their experience or whatever, helping their church, their their food bank, whatever. That I think a sharing of these ideas uh, could greatly help everyone and improve their vitality and, and – uh, and, and make you have a more positive retirement. Wouldn't when you say that so, Heidi? Well, I, that is certainly my goal. It's certainly my <laughs> hope. I would love for that to, <laughs> to be the result of reading the book and uh, to spark to spark more ideas and a, just a greater enjoyment of life, definitely. So um, what, what, would, what would be your sig- single message that you want to tell my, my readers to, re- to remember you about, about your book? To just keep moving. I think that was my my mom's singular motto and idea. And I think that in and of itself is the most important thing that we can do. Just keep moving, even if it's around our own house, moving our mind, reading a book, connecting, talking on the phone, and then getting out as much as we safely can in these days, just to keep moving through life, keep moving through new experiences, and enjoy life in in whatever form it is right now. So I'm just thinking about something. Are all Icelandic people very positive in nature? Are they, are they on, on the journal and the population then and now, are they more a positive kind of culture and a positive more population in, in their cities there? I I would say from their point of view, absolutely. From our view to uh, to them is a little bit more pragmatic. Um, but Scandinavian countries uh, between Norway, Finland, uh, Denmark, uh, Sweden, and Iceland, they all rank in like the top ten happiest countries in the world, like year after year after year. And yet some of their philosophies almost come across as a little dark. The final quote, I I peppered quotes throughout this book because I am just, uh, I'm a big fan of of quotes. And I used one from Hans Christian Andersen, who was a Danish author of The Little Mermaid Mm -hmm. and The Ugly Duckling. His advice was, enjoy life. There's plenty of time to be dead. 
<laughs> and I'm, I'm wondering, you know, that, that seems a little dark, but on the other side, it can be very, very positive and upbeat. And it's like, yeah, live in the moment. Live what's right in front of you. Don't borrow worry from tomorrow because it's going to happen whether or not you waste energy on worrying about it. So enjoy today. And that's really where a lot of that philosophy of the Icelandic community comes from. And one of their common expressions is that a reddest. It'll all work out. And and smile. The, the Scandinavian people that I've met in various places, I have never been to that, that part of the part of uh, Europe, but uh, and hopefully someday soon we'll go to Iceland. I, we want to. We plan to go there to see the Northern Lights, but uh, that didn't work out uh, last mm-hmm. year. Uh, but I always wanted to go there, and I really wanted to stay in one of those uh, Icelandic. Uh, hotels that is all ice. Uh, th- to to put you on another pedestal, she has other books, and you're a prolific writer. You write fiction, short story collection. Her Viking Heart. Wow, that must be a. Is that a, a woman's type, uh, a girly lady, ladies type of book? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is women's contemporary fiction. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh. And you've also yeah. put together an Icelandic cookbook. Uh, which I can't think of anything that's Icelandic. Give us one thing that's an Icelandic uh, food item. Uh, my favorite recipe from that book is the Icelandic brown bread. It's very traditional, and when we translated them over from Icelandic and then had to convert all the measurements and everything, the original recipe, it had a list of ingredients and simply said, mix, bake. <laughs> and I I translated that one. I'm like, Mom, uh, I don't understand this. It says mix bake. I mean, bake it at what temperature for how long? And she said, oh, well, we used to make that, and we would put it in coffee cans hmm. where open on one side, and we would put it down in one of the hot springs, and then you go play for the day. And when you come back, eh, maybe four hours, five hours, six hours, however long, <laughs> and then you pull it back up, it's, it's all cooked. But you really can't overcook it. So, and that's very true. Wow. <laughs> I consider that from the Viking days, it's the original dump recipe. You know, one of those where you throw everything mm-hmm. into a pot and mix it up. And <laughs> wow, and you better pass yeah. that one down from generation. Now that you got it in the cookbook, it will be passed down from generation. Yeah. Heidi Herman, and again, thank you for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Best of luck to you, and uh, continue uh, having that positive attitude. I love positive attitude in ladies and gentlemen as well. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. I'm happy to have been here today. Well, good luck to you. Keep in touch. Thank you for listening to our show today. Hope you join us next Saturday for another interesting show that will benefit you and your loved ones. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of The Best of Times at one of our 522 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Kaligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Best of Times on 710 Kiel. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for The Best of Times. This is News Radio 710 Kiel, K-E-E-L, Shreveport, Bossier.